From in-depth analysis of basketball and football to life advice, Ryan Russillo has got you covered on the Ryan Russillo podcast. Join him as he talks to some of the best names in sports while providing sharp analysis and wit you won't find elsewhere. Check out the Ryan Russillo podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? We back. Another week, another R2C2. Man, what's good? What's up, man? I'm struggling, bro. I was in Vegas last weekend um, and had a good weekend, golf, everything. It was fun. And then Sunday night, I went to this, like, the hot chicken place. Yeah. uh, Tennessee, like, fried hot chicken place. And, bro, I've had stomach poison ever since. I haven't eaten since Sunday night, cuz. No. It's now Wednesday at eleven nineteen, and I haven't had anything to eat. Like, like nothing zero. I tried uh, cereal this morning. I tried like I got up this morning. and I was hungry. I tried cereal and couldn't keep it down. Man, it's been it's been a tough it's been a tough three days. Oh my gosh, dude! It's crazy. Oh. But it was a good weekend, though. It was a good weekend. <laughs> you know what's funny though? I was gonna. Eat, I swear to you, as we were just talking pre-show, I was gonna ask you like if you were all right because. You look like you were like kind of, you know, just like I in some pain or out of yeah, it a little bit I or something. Slept, like, I haven't slept. I'm in and out oh. of it. But, you know, you got to keep it moving, bro. It's all good. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that's rough, man. It's, uh. It sucks, man. But it was such a good weekend. though. I got a chance to golf with uh, a couple of my long, long time buddies, like two guys that I that were like my very first friends in baseball, Dave Risky and Ryan Drees. And then uh, one of my older cousins uh, drove from San Diego. So we had a good weekend. but. Did you Man, guys play Sunday together night. in 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 the minor leagues? Yeah. So Dave Risky was the very first person I met, bro. Like literally, I walked into the clubhouse and I remember I tell you this story. I was like, "Man, it's a bunch of black people on our team. This is gonna be cool." And then everybody was Dominican. So then I go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I go sit down in my locker, and then it's a it's a white dude standing sitting right there. He's like, "What's up, bro? How you doing?" Yeah. And I was like, "What's up, man? How you doing?" And and we just like hit it off. Right then, like ever since then, we've been literally best friends, man. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was fun to catch up with him. Obviously, be retired now and spend some time with him, and you know, see his kids. His boys play both at Bishop Gorman, which is a big time high school in in Vegas. He's a pitching coach, so it was fun to catch up. Oh, that's awesome, dude! And then the chicken place just got you on Sunday night. Chicken place, kill me. So we had like we went to Javier's, we went to Carbones, we went to Catch. It was like we were on a roll. Yeah. And then we were like, nah, we don't want to go sit down dinner tonight. Let's just walk to the Cosmo, get the little hot chicken. And, bro, I mean, it, it like, it, it it did a number on me, cuz. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that is tough, dude. That <laughs> is tough. Like, I, I will say, food poisoning is one of, it. like, it is just awful. It's awful. And just the fever. It feels like you have the yeah. flu. Yeah, you know, honestly, yeah. I was going I was going to get, go get a COVID test this morning. I thought, yeah. like, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. But, no, I mean, the fever broke late last night, and then I'm I'm, I'm hungry, you know? So I yeah. know, you know, I know it's, it's starting to turn around. Yeah. yeah. that That's true, though. Whenever I have food poisoning, I have a fever. When, always. And I'm, like, mm-hmm. shaking chills. Like, ugh. It sucks, man. Hey, it's just brutal. On another note, I broke, I broke, well, I shot a 93 both days at Shadow Creek. Whoa. And that's good for me, cuz. Yeah, 93 dude, at that's Shadow a Creek great is, score, man. It's really good. Like, if that's I could putt, score. if I could putt better, I definitely would have broke 90 for sure. 
Dude, that's a great score. That's a great score. I'm excited that uh, we, well, first of all, do you see my shirt I got on? Look at this. Oh, sick. Yeah. <laughs> I got your face on my shirt for those listening, not not watching on YouTube. You know what's crazy uh, is that a lot of people like that shirt and, and it's, it's weird. I don't think I can wear that shirt. You can't wear a shirt of your face on it? I, I don't think I can wear a shirt of my I, face I, on it, I, guys. I, I think you can do it, man. It, it's a great shirt. You know why I took Because the white is like, it's got a, it's got a kind of like this, this like slight tint of manila in it, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, it's, I mean, you would know was, you, you designed was, it, right? That was an amber, that was an yeah. amber design. Yeah. So I can't even the, take credit for that. The, it's, it's great, man. It's great. I, it's, it, it's funny. I'll get back to the golf thing in a moment. But this weekend I was out in Seattle. First, dude, I, the only other time I've been on the road for play-by-play -play over the last 16 months was the NCAA tournament doing the oh, Sweet yeah, 16 yeah. Elite Eight Final Four Championship. Otherwise... All my stuff has been from home or from Barclays Center or from Stanford. Or from Stanford, or yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So we went out there for the WNBA because it was Seattle's ring ceremony. Plus, Rebecca, Holly, and I are all fully vaccinated, which I know you were living that fully vaccinated life in Vegas as well. Mm -hmm. And I, we, there was a game Saturday and a game Tuesday. So mm -hmm. we we stayed the whole time. Oh, okay. That's yeah, dope. it was great, man. We got some beautiful days Saturday, Sunday. Got to spend time with Sue and Megan. And dude, it was funny. Like Sue was cracking up because I I told her in the beginning I was like, so this weekend sponsored by CC Sabathia and Roots of Fight. And <laughs> I literally, bro, all I wore was your stuff. I, I I kid you not, man. I wore the. I wore the gray hoodie on the plane out and the first day there. I wore the blue shirt with the CC on the front. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Yankee yeah. shirt. I wore that Sunday all day, and I wore the red hoodie Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I got That's this stuff great. just before I was leaving, and I was like, well, this is my wardrobe for Seattle. Nice. You know what's yeah. crazy? Joe Mar, had, Joe Mar came out to, uh, to Vegas, too, because he— Joe Mara just show up. Like, he'll show yeah. up, get a golf cart, and just drive. He won't play golf. <laughs> so he showed up with the same exact outfits. Like, he had the whole Root to really? Fight pack. Oh, yeah. that's great. Oh, it's that's funny. phenomenal. That's awesome, I love man. It, man. I'm glad people yeah. are loving it, man. That's it, awesome. It's great, dude. It, the gear is awesome. Like, I, I was trying it on right before I left, and Andrea was like, oh, my gosh, that stuff is fantastic. I was like, I know. It looks good. It's not just yeah. like... I'm supporting my friend. It's like, no, it looks awesome. No, man. it's fire shit. And yeah, you can, yeah. like, the thing about this stuff is you can wash it over and over and over again, and it keeps the same fit. Oh, you that's know what I'm saying? Good. Like, yeah. it's yeah. awesome. Like, I have I have Negro League shorts up there from, like, the, the prototypes that we did from way back in the day that yeah. I'm still working out in that, that still keep the same fit. So, I mean, that, that stuff lasts years, bro. It's, it's awesome. Do you like doing that stuff, designing the clothes? I do. Helping design I do. It? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. Um, yeah. I got a couple of different things coming out in the fall that like I, I was big into. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really, really enjoy that. Like something different, you know? Yeah. We got to get on the R2C2 hoodie line, man. Right. That's our, that's our next, that's our next thing. Yeah. Let's, let's we call got, Jesse. We, we, we gotta, we gotta call up Jesse from Roots of Fight and let him know that's the next, uh, that's the I next feel, I feel like I feel like my 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 face should be the back of the hoodie and your face should be the front. That would be sick, man. <laughs> that would be sick. 
and then an R two on one sleeve and a C two on the other. Oh, the other sleeve. There it is. Right. We just designed the whole fucking hoodie right there. That's it. That's it. Pay us our money. That's great, man. Oh my gosh. Did you red eye in from Vegas? No, I I flew in Monday. Um, I flew like in Monday the morning. morning. Flight? Yeah. yeah, and and that was even hard too because uh, oh no, yeah, it was delayed wait. four hours. So I was supposed to leave at eight, and I left at noon. And with the like stomach, oh, oh man, with the stomach poisoning, bro. Oh. It was it was bad, but whatever. Like oh. I said, it was a great weekend of golf. So I, I mean, yeah. And so you, and like, I'm just I'm, I'm I got to start putting, but like yeah. I don't want to like I'm just working on one thing, one part of my game yeah, at a time. Yeah, yeah. You can't like, right think about now, a million things. Nah, yeah. it's just my drive. Like yeah, if I can yeah. just keep my driver in the where I can fucking find it, I'm yeah. fine. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. And I was doing that this weekend, so. It's just one thing at a time right now. I think once I start working on putting, maybe this winter or in the off season, or you know, it, it, like I said, in the winter, then then I can start working on some different parts of my game. But right now, I was just trying to find my drive. I I bet you you're going to be by the end of this summer. You're probably going to be breaking ninety, and then I bet you next year. I bet you next next summer you're shooting eighty five. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd I, be great. I, I bet you, so we're going to have a group chat golf outing next week. I'm excited for that. Uh, either uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday. Not that we need to you know, air out our plans to the audience completely, <laughs> but we, yeah. we're, we're finally going to get out there, man. Although, you know what I, I like? I, you, I feel like when you started last year, you and I were kind of on the same levels. And now you've, I mean. No, nah, I'm, still, I, I'm we, still the same spot. I think you've shot past. What is, I don't what, think so. No? I, you don't I think, think so? I, I think I'm, I, mm, I'm shooting more like if, if I was going to say like, what's my, my average score is probably like a, a 101. So no, probably. That, yeah. That's my, my average score is 97 to okay, 105. Right. You know what I'm gotcha. saying? Okay. This so weekend I was range. really, I was locked in. Like, well, locked in for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah my, it's locked in. I, the ball flies fi further there in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I was able to hit my irons a little further. Like, it was, I, but you know what? I think I need to get my shorter irons extended. Oh, like, interesting. Um, my 60 degree and my gap wedge in particular because I blade them a lot, but I'm always in those distances. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I think I need to get them extended a little bit. Um, and even my, my 60, 54 and my gap wedge. I think, how, I think, I think I need to How far do you hit your longer. gap wedge? Man, cause one forty five to one fifty five. I was gonna say, yeah, people, people listening right now, that's the number one thing they're gonna remember from this podcast. Everybody who's listening who's a golf fan, you're like, oh my gosh, see, you hit your yeah. gap wedge one forty five. I, I will say, it's one of my favorite clubs. I, I hit it. If I get it, if I get it good, I can hit. I'll hit it like. I, I've I probably like 125, you know, but I uh, and, and I feel like I'm like muscling up pretty good on it when, when I'm at that <laughs> when I'm at that level. So that's my 54. You, is it? Yeah. Yeah, my yeah. 54 is like 125 to like 145. I can't wait for my dad because my dad loves golf and to listen to this podcast and be like, oh my gosh, Cece's hitting his gap wedge and his and his 54 that far. And I think I I, I honestly think I need. A fifty. I need something else because um, I never hit my uh, my hybrid. So oh, I have that yeah. hybrid in my yeah. So I'm, I'm making I make it a driving iron. You do? Yeah. yeah, I love the hybrid, but it's because I I keep it straight. 
uh, more than more than but, I keep. But when would you hit it? I, like on a, on a par five or like yeah, like how I, far do you hit it? So I have two. I have a twenty and a twenty three, and the twenty three I hit probably about like two ten, and the twenty I hit about like one ninety. But so, but but I will. I'll, it, it, that's if I'm hitting it, you know, right. It, it may, and maybe like a little bit less, but that's just like my estimates in my mind as someone who doesn't play enough to have all my distances precise, you know? Yeah, me too, but same shit. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, so you take out the wrong club. But I'll actually, you know what? I use the, the uh, I'll use the, um, I'll, I'll use the shorter one on sometimes like on my dad's course, there's like a, a par three that's like uphill and like 170. And because it's uphill and you really don't want to be short, it I'll plays hit like one ninety five. Yeah, exactly. And I'll and I'll use it. But so that and then par fives, you know. Although I was actually last time I played, I was using just my actual um, five wood, and I was actually hitting that really well. So I because I always just think hybrid first, but like I will never, rarely will I use a five iron. You know, I don't have a three iron in my bag. See, I'll, I'll I use the hybrids. Yeah, see, I use I'll use my four iron before I use my three wood, cuz. Wow, easily, really? easily. Do you, do you just have better control over it. Yeah, I know. I, I know I can hit that shit straight. I know, I, like, I can't overswing on anything, but I can give, I can give my four iron like a nice 90 percent swing, and I'll hit that shit like two fifty five, two sixty, easy. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what's the point of having a fucking three wood? Like, it's no point for me to have a three-wood, like, some shit that I'm a shank or, like, hit over here. Like, I'm, I'm going to just take out my forearm and be a little short. And then, yeah. and then oh, just I, use, you know what I'm saying? Like I agree with that philosophy. You don't, yeah. the way you score, right, is, I mean, in, in the way that you and I are playing, right, where, like, if we break 100, we feel good, like, is by not hitting the ball in the woods. <laughs> like, that's. Yes, ex that, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's really the key. Like, you know, yeah. I can, I could deal with, like, an occasional duff on a chip. Or like, you know, or I'm I'm chipping and really I should be able to put it within 10 feet and I, I yank it left and now I have a 25-foot putt. I can deal with that. Cool, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I can't deal with is like my drives in the woods on the right. I'm taking a stroke. I'm dropping. Now I'm hitting another ball in the wood. Like, all right, well, now now the hole's in 11. You know? now, we're, <laughs> like, now we're fucked. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. Dude, I'm looking forward to getting out, though. It'll be fun, man. Yeah, no, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know Siegel's going to be talking a lot of shit. Axelrod's yeah. pretty good, actually. Is he really? Think, yeah, he is pretty good. I've never good. seen, um, I don't think I've ever seen Nimer play. I feel, Nimer's I, an athlete, though. I was I about to say, I would assume yeah. that Nimer's good. Yeah, me too. And I think Siegel's a pretty decent golfer. Siegel's, good, Siegel's a good yeah. golfer. I've golfed with him yeah. a couple times. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. So, uh, and, and, and what I like about it, too, is you're able to do, like, you know, games right like mm -hmm. i don't know how what which games you usually do but that's why i always like i always like playing because it's like okay if i'm playing with a bunch of people who have like you know eights or tens or fives in their handicap and i'm a 25 i it, it still works because of the strokes and i'm still like contributing to my match you know man let me tell you something so before yeah. i went out there when i when i left on thursday i checked my handicap it was yeah. 24 25 i think and then i put in that one score from Shadow Creek, and you can't even put Shadow Creek scoring. You got to put Southern Highlands because Shadow Creek is not even registered. So you use Southern Highlands, 
And it went down to 18, cuz. What? I'm like, this is bullshit. No, that's oh, no. <laughs> one round, cuz. Like, that's, no, come on, guys. That's not what you want, man. That is not really good for me. Like, no. at all. No, you at want all. those strokes. You want yes. those strokes. I need yes. my shit yes. to be 25 all summer. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Well, for the purposes of uh of uh next week, you could be it's 25, 25 for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. So uh, you guys sent in a bunch of questions, which we'll answer some in a bit, but there's just so much to cover uh, today. So it's basically an entire show of Sling and Heat. You guys know how that works. Yes. Rather than just starting with Sling and Heat, the whole show is. Although C and I, we got into our golf uh, in a Sling and Heat sort of passionate <laughs> way there. <laughs> but That's where so, I'm at with this, man. I love honest, it, man. Like, I love it. You're addicted. And you know what? A lot of our audience is too. That's what happens, bro. Like, doing something to stay competitive. Um, I'm already like, Lil C's got a baseball tournament in June. I'm already like planning out the courses and shit that I could play. I'm hitting Andrew because Andrew, Andrew Jones's son's on the team too. Oh, so I'm like, yo, great, we can play here, here, and here. Like, so I'm already got it mapped out. That's, that's phenomenal. <laughs> that is great. I, um, I, I know that uh, the first topic on our show today has got to be what's going on with Tony La Russa and the White Sox. Now, just to give a quick recap for our audience, in case you don't know, um, the other night in, in a uh, blowout, what was the score exactly? It was Steve, 15 to fucking four. F 15 to four. Okay. And uh, Mercedes Yerman, is that, or Yerman Mercedes, uh, was at the plate and in a, on a 3 0 pitch, he swung away and hit a home run. Okay, and what was he? Was he facing a positional player into pitch? He was yeah. facing a position okay. player. Yeah, you, you could tell I was in WNBA mode uh, in Seattle because some <laughs> of those details are are gone. But I, but I, I knew that you know the story. But it was a positional player into pitch. Yerman Mercedes swings away, hits a bomb home run. Right, you could tell the Twins aren't happy about it. The Twins broadcast crew is salty about the fact that but, he swung. Listen. And, and well, you want me to just you want me to just give no the, no go ahead yeah, go okay, ahead yeah, go yeah. ahead go ahead let me let, let me just, and I'll just give the audience the details in case they don't know most of you do know by now but and this was another one of those unwritten rule type things right and Tony Larusa the seventy six year old White Sox manager the most mystifying hire of the off season I think in any business uh, was afterwards he he was asked about it and he said he made a mistake. There will be a consequence that he has to endure here within our family, but it won't happen again because Joe McEwing, who's their third base coach, will be on the lookout and I will be too, and we'll go running in front of the pitcher if we have to. Mercedes then said, I'm going to play like that. I'm Yerman. I can't be another person because if I change it, everything's going to, ch to change. LaRusa then came back and said, I heard he said something like, I play my game. No, he doesn't. He plays the game of Major League Baseball, respects the game, respects the opponents, and he's got to respect the signs. And then LaRusa went on to say, if you're going to tell me that sportsmanship and respect for the game of baseball and respect for your opponent is not an important priority, then I can't disagree with you more. And then yesterday, he was, uh, Mercedes was thrown at, and afterwards, he was thrown behind. And afterwards, Tony LaRusa said, I don't have a problem with how the twins handled it. So these are the details surrounding another one of these 
unwritten rule situations. And now, see, go ahead and sling that heat. It's just crazy that, like, this is what I was telling you when they hired him. Like, he's just so out of touch with the game. And most people are, cuz. Like, I sit here and watch Christopher Russo on fucking MLB Network. He's out of touch with the game, cuz. Like, Tony La Russa's out of touch with the game, cuz. He should not be managing one of the best teams in the American League, period. The fact that Tim Anderson, the, basically the captain of their team, had to go on Instagram and step up for his teammate. Like, yeah, the game wasn't over. If you're going to put a fucking position player in there to pitch, guess what? If he's going to lob shit over the plate, we're going to fucking tee off. Put a 10-run rule up there, cuz. If y'all don't want to see people get embarrassed and you don't want to see position players pitch and people swing on 3-0 counts and all that shit, then make it a 10-run rule so the fucking game will be over and you don't have these stupid-ass unwritten rules. And now you got a rookie that's basically been carrying your fucking team this whole, these last fucking first six weeks of the season. This guy's been carrying you. And now you don't have a problem with the fucking weird-ass Minnesota Twins throwing behind your one of your biggest hitters? That's just fucking stupid. It's stupid, period. I'm sorry. This shit is terrible. He shouldn't be fucking managing that team. And if you're not going to step up and have your players back, what's the point of being the fucking manager of the White Sox? Shit is stupid as fuck. Sorry. <laughs> See, perfectly said. I feel like that'll be our social media clip for the week from R2C2. Fucking stupid, <laughs> man. That shit, I was so mad, cuz. And I, I even got, I was re-pissed off yesterday when Duffy's weird ass threw behind him. Like, if you off like, is a phrase I like. But it, re-pissed yeah. off. Yeah, that's, I, I always get re-pissed off, cuz. But I was just as mad as I was when yeah. I seen it, that, like, when I, when, I, when, when I heard La Russa. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and then, oh, I love Rocco Bodelli, but you can't go out and argue that, cuz. You guys yeah. look fucking stupid. You you were losing 15 to 4, cuz. Don't fucking put a position player in the pitch if you don't want guys teeing off. Like, get the fuck out of here. This shit was stupid. And even the twins getting mad, cuz. Play better. You guys yeah. fucking suck. You three yeah. games under fucking 500. You're supposed to be the best team in the central. You suck. Sorry. Y'all was losing 15 to fucking four. Like, man, get over it. That shit is dumb. They're, they're 12 games under 500. Oh, shit, 12 games under 500. (laughs) Oh, they really, really suck. Yeah, they're terrible this year. They're terrible. And they're supposed to be one of the best teams in the American League. So it's just frustration on their part. Like, play better. Like, don't start throwing at my players and shit. And I loved what Tim Emerson... I, I I, I couldn't tell what he was saying or understand what he was saying, but the fact that he was on that top step yelling at the other team, even though his manager didn't have his players back, Let's me know about a lot about Tim Anderson, Cass. Well, I mean, I think this is just a wonderful topic to dive into for a variety of reasons and to have your perspective on as well. So, that, I mean, there's the emotional reaction part, which is strong and I think relevant. And then I, and then I have a couple questions about the aftermath of it. But see, I, I mean, I, I you, you, you nailed it. Like I, to me, and I actually saw Brandon McCarthy make this point on Twitter, uh, you know, former pitcher, and I thought it was a great point. He was like, these guys make their money off of numbers too. Like if you're an offensive player, right? How many home runs you hit has a direct effect on how much money you make. Period. Yep. The end. So this guy is supposed to intentionally harm himself economically because of some unwritten rule. And it's like, no, you, you know, no, like it, the same way that it, nobody is, look, when you put in a when you put in a positional player to pitch, 
it's it you you could say you could say that is more disrespectful to the game than somebody swinging three and zero in that situation, right? Yeah, because it's outside the bounds of how the game's normally played. But everybody accepts it because they understand. Well, hey, in, in this situation, you're trying to save an arm. The game's over. You're getting crushed anyway. You're just trying to skate through and you have some fun with it and it's silly and whatever. At the same time, you understand that someone can swing away and absolutely pummel one of those 47 mile an hour tacos right over the plate. That's just part of it. That's, that's Bro, what, what happens. We play softball. That shit was super impressive what he did, by the way. Yeah. Like, yeah. For him to be able to hit a 47-mile-an-hour pitch fucking <laughs> 500 feet to center field, that shit is impressive, cuz. Yeah. I would have I been saluting that guy. Like, that's just... Yeah. And that just goes back to me, like, being a young guy. Like, I was such a young guy in the big leagues, and when I got to the big leagues, it was all about suppressing your personality and not being mm. who you are and all these different things. And guess who was a manager in that era? Tony La Russa, right? Yeah. So why is he now managing fucking 25 years later in an era where that, none of that shit applies no more, cuz. None yeah. of that. Guys, you got to let guys go out and play the, their game and be themselves. And yeah, that motherfucker plays your main Mercedes game. He don't play for Tony La Russa. He don't play for nobody else, cuz. He's playing for himself. Period. Yeah. And yeah. that's how you have to play this game. Like, it, I don't know, man. It, but it's also like, it's, it's a very, first of all, I think the whole thing is ridiculous. I, I, you know, on a broader perspective, beyond just Tony LaRusso's reaction, all of this stuff is always dumb. The Tatis thing last year was ridiculous. Oh, and it, it was it, ridiculous. It, it only was ridiculous. ever comes from the loser. Yeah. Just yeah. play better, bitch. Yeah. yeah. Play better. Well, right. Play it, better. It, I, I mean, and then like, and then Tatis, remember Tatis had a similar situation where his... I don't know if it was his manager or one of his coaches, but I think it was his manager who it was, was his like, manager. Yeah, remember, I, I got thought, pissed at yeah, yeah, who also thought he did something wrong. And it's just like, no, play the game. These are professionals. They can handle it. If you can't handle it, get out of the league. You Go know, somewhere it. else, cuz. S- S- Sadie Zillow just texted, new t-shirt, just play better, bitch. That's, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's, man. That, your, your quote actually is a perfect t-shirt. We had, we, had the, yeah. we had the same thing with the Cardinals and La Russa when I was in, uh, when I was in, in um, Milwaukee. Milwaukee? Yeah. When I got to Milwaukee, the Cardinals had been running that division, right? Yeah. And yeah. when I got there, we beat the shit out of the Cardinals. And we yeah. swept them in, in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I remember that he made a comment about us untucking our jerseys after the game. So us untucking our jerseys was one of these things where Mike Cameron, after a hard, his dad, yeah, after a yeah. hard day of work, would come home and be like, oh, I'm tired, boss. I'm untucking. So after we won a game, especially after I pitched a complete fucking game when I was in Milwaukee, guess what? I'm untucking. So yeah. we'd be out there slapping fives, untucked jerseys, and they, and it would piss them off. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what, Mr. LaRusa and the Cardinals? Play better, sir, and you yeah. won't have to see us untuck our fucking jerseys. Period. <laughs> It's so, this is great. Uh, it's so, stupid, it, it, man. It's so true, man. It, it's so dumb it, just from a, you know, regardless of who, who the parties are involved circumstance, it's just dumb because at the end of the day, play better or use it as motivation if you want to, but don't act like somebody's doing something outside the rules of baseball. They're not. Man. This guy gets paid off his numbers. The game is still going on. You still play hard. I don't know of any major league hitters who ever want to give away at bats, ever. I mean, think about it. Paul O'Neill would be four for four. If he got out in his fifth at bat, he was pissed. He was pissed. There's no, this game is hard enough. There's nobody 
who wants to step in that box and not take advantage of getting a hit. It's hard enough to get a hit in this league. And acting like they should intentionally get themselves out or or not take advantage of an opportunity to get a hit, I'm sorry. No. You have to play the game all the way through. Period. The end. And then especially a position player, you're going to be more mad. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, if you don't right. get a hit. Yeah, if you got out. Then, yeah, right, right. Exactly. And then, and then guess what? If he, if he What if he takes that 3-0 pitch and he walks him, then the next guy gets up and hit a two-run homer. Then y'all then y'all going to be mad? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Right. Like, then it's okay. Then it's all right. Yeah, the, the like count, what the, the fuck? Count dictates if, the, if it's all right. Stupid. So, and then there, so stupid. And then there's the issue of La Russa had those comments. Now, look, we all raised an eyebrow or two at the hire of Tony La Russa, and it just felt strange with like a young blossoming core in Chicago with this White Sox team, which, by the way, right now is in first place in the American League Central and I believe has the best record in the American League. Uh, do they even have the best record in all of baseball? San Francisco, oddly, has a Ooh, better record. The Giants but do? Wow. The Giants do. The Giants are the only team with a better winning percentage than the White Sox, which is crazy to that's, think about. But That's, that's Mike Talkman, bro. Right? Talkie yeah, over there man. doing shit. <laughs> we could use Talkman right now, let me tell you. <laughs> Although the, the reliever they got to pitch well, but we could still use Talkman. Um, but it was a curious hire. I, I don't know how... I mean, it's working out thus far, right, results-wise, so you have to say that. But I, I don't know how, if you're Tony La Russa, you can look at it as a good move to take sides against, as you said, C, the rookie who has been carrying you. Mercedes leads the league in batting average. He's hitting 368. He has a 988 OPS. You're going to take sides against him. Not only are you going to initially take sides against him, but then you're going to take sides against him again after he makes his comments by saying, well, he said, I heard he said this, but, you know, he's wrong. And then you're going to take sides with the other team throwing at him. Like, how, see, explain to me, how does that play in the in the clubhouse after that? It's just bullshit because all you got to do is just go talk to the player, cuz. Yeah. Like, stop yeah. communicating through the fucking media. That guy's yeah. in your locker room, cuz. You don't need to talk to him through the media. Go grab an interpreter and go talk to that guy. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Go go talk to him and have a real conversation with him about what's going on and don't talk through the fucking media. This is not the 80s and the 90s, guys. You got to go talk to these, these young guys, especially a guy as good as him that's doing the things for your ball club that he's doing. Period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, I... Ugh. It's just it, it, no it, respect for young players, and I hate it because young players are the motherfuckers who carry you for the most for for the most part. It's always right. going to be the younger guys that come up and carry you for the most part. So it's just the disrespect that that these managers, that these older managers show a rookie. But this motherfucker's leading the league in hitting, right? So if he wasn't leading the league in hitting on your team, then you wouldn't be the best team in the American League. Like it's just bullshit how they disrespect these guys and then want to go talk shit through the media. Because that guy's in your locker room. Go have yeah. a fucking conversation with them, manager. Don't fucking talk through the, through the media. Well, this question is sort of a spin off this, uh, tweeted in by Max Corrigan, uh, which interestingly is the last name of uh, my boss for the NBA on ESPN, although I don't think Max is related to Tim Corrigan. But the question was what would CC say or do if Tony LaRusso was his manager and responded the way he has the last couple of days? So. Let's see, what would you do in a situation like that if you're in that clubhouse and that's the way your manager responded? You do what Tim Anderson did, and I'm sure the rest of the players are, are all in your man Mercedes corner. 
and just telling him, you know, everything's fine. Don't worry about what, what's going on in the media. Don't worry about none of that stuff. We got your back. Keep playing for us. Keep playing with us. Don't worry about what's going on in that manager's office. There's nothing else you can do instead, unless you want to go back and forth with Larusa and the media too. Like, what's what's that? This is no point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what what you do is you grab Mercedes and you let him know he did nothing wrong. Everything's fine. Just keep going out and playing his game. Yeah. And and uh, I feel like that's what Tim Anderson did basically on but, social media. But do you and I'm say, sure. Do you say anything to Tony? Do you say anything well, to the manager? Or what or can no? you say? But do you just like if something like that happens? Does he? I don't know that he had it, but does he lose the clubhouse then for the rest of the season? Uh, it depends on what else has happened. You know okay. what I'm saying? If there's other stuff that's happened between now, you know, from spring training to now, then yeah, the this could have lost the clubhouse, but it doesn't seem like they've had other problems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, obviously, you never know if you, until you're in that clubhouse, but yeah, this could be one of those situations where you lose your clubhouse, bro. You got, I keep saying, you got one of your best hitters on your team, the hottest hitters, bro. A guy that everybody loves, obviously. They all were cheering for him and on the top step and and all of that stuff. You know, a, a hot hitter and the manager's going at him about a positive result. It's just fucking stupid, man. It's a lose-lose. So it's, it makes no sense. I also think there are times where you as a manager have to defend your player, even if you disagree with them, publicly at least, right? Even if Tony LaRusso's beliefs are that Mercedes shouldn't have been swinging at that pitch, okay? That is a conversation, as you just said, see, that you have to have in person, not in the media. And then in the media, you have to defend him or at least rationalize. Even if you say, e even if you go as far as to say, look, I'm not so sure I love doing something like that, but I understand why, whatever, whatever, which I don't really even think you should go that far, but at least that would soften it. At least that would like be like, I get why they'd be upset, but this was the perspective of my guy. At least so that the guy doesn't feel like you're directly against him. And my goodness, if I'm Tony LaRussa, I'm just also thinking about from my job security standpoint of like, if this, if this young core of talented players doesn't want me to be the guy, at some point you would think that would mean he wouldn't be the guy. So why are you going to do anything that's going to compromise their faith in you or their trust in you for the rest of the season? I don't think he thinks that like that. I think that he thinks that he's the guy no matter what. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I don't, I don't think that he thinks that the players determine whether he's the guy or not. And I think that's the problem. Yeah. And I, you know what? And, and he, he might be right about that. What a great topic for a podcast, huh? Thank, <laughs> thank you, Tony LaRussa. We appreciate you, Tony. Crazy, Thank man. I knew we was going to be having these topics once he got, once he got yeah. hired. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> this is what I was telling you, guys. Oh, this my This is what gosh. I was telling you, man. It's a lot of people that are out of touch with today's baseball. It's a yeah. lot of former players that are out of touch with today's. It's a lot of players that played five years ago that can't understand the shit that goes on in today's game. So yeah. how could you expect somebody that managed in the, in, the, in the 80s to be able to understand what's going on in 2021? Can't, period. Yeah, yeah. No, I I mean it's it, it that's a it takes a special soul. I think some could do it, but I I Tony has never presented as the person who's 
malleable to these new things. So, <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm not sure. And look, I mean, all all respect to him for the credentials in his career because he obviously, well, obviously was a great a manager. Of, he's a Hall yeah. of Fame manager, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, but it's just not. Um, it's just not the time it's, for it. It's just not the time. No, it's 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 certainly not the time. By the way, so we have some uh, really good questions uh, from Twitter, and then just a million things going on, but. Dude, the the Orca show on Disney Plus or uh, the Secret of Whales, Secret and, of Whales, and the Orca Dynasty chapter. Oh my goodness, it, that's the greatest thing I've ever watched on Orcas. Yeah, that shit was fire. And you know what? I, I like I'll watch that type of stuff all day, and I knew it was good because Amber was watching it, and she hates like anything like um you know nature Discovery related. Channel anything yeah, nature yeah. related, but yeah. she was like well, actually watching that, so I was like, oh yeah, she likes this. It oh. was that, that shit was good though. Oh my gosh, you, you guys got to watch it. I, I mean, I don't know what percentage of our audience is diehard orca lovers like C&I. Secret Life of it, Whales is this, called. It's on Disney+. Plus. It is so good. It's First of all, I don't know how this guy got... I mean, this dude who shot all this just is jumping in the water with orcas, yeah. which is a crazy thing to think about to begin with. The fact that he was just totally comfortable diving in with all these orcas, going as close as can be. Yeah, but then after, like, even after watching it and then after hearing James Cameron talk about it, and I was like, ah, it kind of makes sense. Well, they, they I feel like they kind of understand that we're as smart as them or, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they, they, they get our intelligence. So they never attack us in the wild. If you ever yep. notice, it's only at fucking SeaWorld where people get killed by orcas, you yeah. know what I'm saying? No, so, like, it never happens in the wild. So, like, actually jumping into the water with them, like, after, you know, a couple of scenes, I was like, ah. It's it's not it wasn't as intense, you know what I'm saying? Like so, so would you like do he, it? He felt safe. No, I would never do that <laughs> shit. I would definitely do the uh the stuff that I send you all the time where the guys are in the kayaking. Uh, the I would definitely do the kayaking for sure. Yeah. But I don't think I could get in the water because like we, I don't know. It's just we, we should do how great would it be if one time maybe when like the Yankees were in Seattle or something, we did a trip to uh san juan island and you and i kayaked with the orcas together yeah i'm in the, i'm yeah, in on that, that guys that would be sick that would i'm be in sick. on that i, I mean, always send you that place in norway too oh i know where they where they apparently let you do the like diving in with them where you're diving into the, the water thing on the top of the water yeah that's in norway <laughs> yeah yeah, I'll, I'll film sick. you doing that, but I'll stay in the kayak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my gosh! Highly, highly recommend this though for uh, for anyone who um, who has not seen. Now we're recording Absolutely. on Wednesday, uh, and you know we're this is going to uh, our audience is going to be listening Thursday morning, presumably, and, and obviously they could be listening beyond. But for the first time, Thursday morning, May twentieth, and Wednesday night is Lakers Warriors. So Oof. the game's results are over as our audience is listening to this now. But as we record here Wednesday afternoon, we don't know yet. But I have to say, see, this is why the play-in is great. Because of we, we get tonight. We get a we get a, a, a game seven between Steph and LeBron that and we LeBron. otherwise never would have gotten this postseason. Last night last night was great too, watching Jason Tatum like will the fucking Celtics over over the Wizards, like him scoring 50. Yeah. Like playing at his own pace, he started off slow. Like that was a good ass game. The first game was a blowout, obviously, um, but that that Celtics Wizards game was pretty intense, and it was like a game seven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they they both came up and, and uh, came out and, and showed up and played hard. And I expect that to be the case tonight. I just think with if late uh, AD and LeBron are healthy, because like 
I just don't see the Warriors having any chance to win tonight. I do think they may get the eight seed. Yeah. I just don't think they can beat the Lakers tonight, cuz. I, I think I think the Lakers will win tonight as well. I I still think the Lakers are gonna go to the finals. Yeah, they I, are. If, if they I, if the guys are healthy, who the fuck's yeah. gonna beat them? Yeah. Knock on wood, everyone I mean, you stays know what? healthy. I think it's if, gonna be Nets, Lakers in the final. I wish that Jamal Murray was healthy because watching Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. with Jokic and Jamal Murray because now I think everybody thought Jamal Murray was like the second option or the first option, but I think it's Michael Porter Jr. Cuz he and is, and I think that could take some pressure off of Jamal because he put so much pressure on himself in the playoffs. Yeah, and if this kid can go out and score thirty, and then Jamal can show up with his twenty-five and then forty some nights, fifty some nights, and you got Jokic, that's a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, I mean, they're re- really well coached. Mike Malone's a great coach. They have depth, too. I mean, and they played well, even, you're right, despite the injury to Murray with the way Porter's blossomed. He's he a won- beast, cuz. Yeah, dude, he is. I mean, he's, he's, he's a beast. huge. He's a great rebounder, too. This- he's obviously a natural scorer. He shoots at a ridiculously high percentage. And, bro, he's just, I, it's, it's amazing that he's, like, he's 6'11". You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... It's crazy that the skill that these guys have now at that height, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's insane that, like, when a guy's that skilled, that tall, there's nothing you can do, because you just got to hope the motherfucker misses shot. Yeah. No, you're right, man. You're right. I, I, it's, he's, he, he has that kind of offensive talent. I actually, I found out my game Saturday. I'm calling Bucks Heat game one Saturday, which I think, uh, that's a series I'm really intrigued by, so I'm pumped yeah. to call that game. Those I'll should have, be some low-scoring games, you think? Yeah, th- I, I think, it, yeah. Well, I don't know. There's so much offensive talent, but but the defense for both teams should be is is great. So yeah, I mean, I'm they, thinking those games. I'm thinking those games don't go over 115 for both teams. Like the, the I, scores I think are going to be feels right. That 115 right. and lower. It could could be even lower. Yeah, it could yeah. be even lower. They. I, and and I think look, we saw last year, right? The Heat, they give the Bucks fits, and uh, but the but Milwaukee, I think, has actually been underrated uh, this year. Like people, I think, are so focused on the Nets and then the Sixers being the one seed. Milwaukee still has an excellent chance to come out they, of the East. They do, but they're the same team as they were two years ago. So I think that's why people have not been as you know crazy about them or raving about them this year just because they're literally the same team as they were three years ago. You know well, what I'm saying? I, like, can I say where I think they're different, though? Because yeah. you're, you're, you're right. They're like principal figures with Lopez and Middleton and Giannis. But Drew Holiday, to me, is a big upgrade over Eric Bledsoe because Bledsoe historically plays very poorly in the playoffs. In the playoffs. He does. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Holiday is such a good two-way player. And then... They also, and I was talking about this with Mike Budenholzer a couple weeks ago. I was I asked him that question. See, I said, you know, what do you look at on your team and say, okay, like I'm confident we're we're more primed for a playoff run. I'm confident we're better this year than we were in years past. And he said, I just think we have more talent and more shooting off the bench than we've had. And he he credited John Horst, the GM. And and if you look at it. Like the way Bobby Port, Bobby Portis has shot like forty seven percent from three this year. Like they they have and they have some real talent that comes off the bench for them now. Offensively, Bryn Forbes is a great shooter as well. I think that combined with Holiday versus Bledsoe makes them like I would not 
I would not be surprised at all if they were in the finals. I My prediction is that it will be a Nets-Lakers final. But if you told me the Bucs are going to win a seven-game series in the second round against the Nets, I I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be shocked because I have that kind of respect for Milwaukee. Oh, I would be shocked. You'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. I'll I mean, be shocked if, the, if if Milwaukee made it to the finals. Well, they'd have to beat the Nets in the second round. Then. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think they can. You know, the other thing we got to do is we have got to give flowers, as the kids say, to the New York Knicks and to Tom Thibodeau and, you know, uh, Leon... Rose and Worldwide West and uh Julius Randall. D you know, Rose. The, D Rose who's oh my gosh, he's played well. It's been shocking to see how well he's played. RJ Barrett, who has grown by leaps and bounds. Reggie Nerlens Noel. Yeah, yeah. Nerlens Noel, is, bro. Yeah. Like these guys are just, and you know, like it there, I don't think there's any team who finished further from what they were predicted to finish than the New York Knicks. They play so hard every single night, and they they just absolutely have earned this moment, and the Garden will be alive uh, in this first round, and it should be. This team deserves it. It has been amazing to watch what they've done. Hey, do you think Thibodeau should have um, gotten Coach of the Year? Well, so that was the Coaches Association Coach of the Year. So the like, the... You know the the uh, writers, the yeah, writers. One. Yeah, we'll, no, I'm we'll just saying. See. So. But I, I, I think right. I think that was the coach association one that came out. Mm-hmm. But no, you know what? I, I mean, I wasn't mad at it either. I thought. I mean, no, Phoenix Monty, with what they yeah, want. Yeah, but yeah, I, but Monty I would Williams give CP. Deserving I would give CP three more credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, no. I know. I you know. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I know, especially after watching what he did with OKC last year. Like, I know. I, I give that, give that, that coaching award to CP3, guys. <laughs> I know, I know. It, I, I, I kind of think like it's a toss-up between uh, Monty and, and Tibbs. Um, and I think both are good choices. I probably would vote for Tibbs just because I, I think everyone was shocked, absolutely shocked at what, at what the Knicks have done. And, and also the leaps individually for so many players with the Knicks – like I'm not saying you should give the coach all the credit for that, but obviously there's something going on there with the utili- utilization as well as the growth and development. You know, you look at a player like Randall, the leaps he's taken, Barrett, the leaps RJ he's Barrett, taken, yeah. Bullock having a career year being used perfectly, Rose rejuvenated, being you know just an absolute uh, menace you, again. You know what? You can't take credit for those guys' development, I guess, but you can take credit for the way that they play and how hard they play and the way that they play defense. You know what I'm saying? And, and how they're and, used, yeah. And how they're used, and, and, and I think that's made a huge difference in why the Knicks were able to grab the four seed this year and just the level of intensity that they played with. Yeah, from you know, from the tip to the to the to the final horn. So, and I think that's tips. Yeah, yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. It also, kind of shows you how messed up the situation in Minnesota was, right? Like this dude got kind of run out of there after he had had all the success with the Bulls. Was quite obviously a great coach, making those teams way better than they should have been. Did that in the beginning in Minnesota, and then you know didn't have well, butler anymore 
and, and then things deteriorated. But now he's doing it again with the Knicks. And I think, too, at a certain point, like, you can only, I think guys play for Tibbs, like, that hard at a certain point in their career, which is early in their career. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Obviously, we're talking about, you know, Derrick Rose and Julius Randle. Those guys are late in their career. Derek D. Rose knows Tibbs really well. But I think, like, a R.J. Barrett and, 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 and you know, Emmanuel Quickly and, and the things that Tibbs demand out of these guys, it's only like a two or three year period. Then you're like, man, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so get the get the like, most out of it now with this guy. Get the most out of it now. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I think I feel like the teams, you know, at, at, you know, at some point are like, nah, fuck that. We ain't we ain't gonna play I, that hard tonight. I, I'm curious though. Like he's talked a lot about evolving. People have talked about the way he's evolved with like losing jobs, being out of the game, observing. I'm curious to see how that happens. Like as his tenure with the Knicks goes on, but credit to the Knicks. I mean, this is going to be an amazing, uh, you know, run here in in New York. Hopefully, hopefully this turns into a destination place again. You know, the Knicks and like like Brooklyn is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then and then there's two great basketball teams in New York. That would be great. That that would be fantastic. And I think this is definitely the Knicks. Look, the Knicks this year had the year that the Nets had with D'Angelo Russell, right? Mm -hmm, totally mm -hmm. shattered expectations. Once again, bringing credibility to the franchise, getting on people's radars, becoming a place where a top-tier star could then say, hey, maybe there's enough there for me to win with, or maybe things are going in the right direction. The way that KD Kyrie were able to look at the Nets after that year with Russell. Julius Randle has played the role of D'Angelo Russell. He's played it even better, even better because yeah. and the Knicks have been you know a step above what the Nets were that season but the premise is the same right trying to get back to respectability trying to you know make yourself attractive get on people's radar win and and they've done it and it's going to be fun man I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to feeling the energy in this city uh during the playoffs it should be it should be awesome see here's a yeah. few questions um on Twitter uh Matt Davies says are you going to be part of the Jeter documentary? Ha! You know what's crazy? I texted that motherfucker the other day after I heard about this doc, and I was like, you better tell the PB&J story. But you know what's crazy? I was about the to bring PB&J story? Oh, it's just how he, what do he eat? Peanut butter and honey every day? Uh, oh, gotcha. Before his games. Um, but no, I'm not. I, I, I hope not. Like, I don't, I'm, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I should be any part of that doc. I mean, maybe just throwing pictures and shit like that, but no. Um, but, uh... I hit him up yesterday about I need everything that they got in that city edition. Have you seen their jerseys? Oh the my gosh. They're fire, cuz they're unbelievable. Bro, those Dude. unis are sick. I I, sick. I I literally text him. I was like, yo, I need everything y'all got in that city <laughs> edition. That shit is crazy. Yeah. The hat, the yes. t-shirt, the hoodie, yes. like the yes. jersey the is, is crazy. Amazing. Crazy. It, it, it's amazing, dude. Yo, it's he amazing. did such a good job, but they did such a good job with that, bro. Like, I'm I'm so happy for him and what he's doing down there in Miami. But like that shit is fire, cuz they, they've made the team cool, you know? Yeah. Like they they they've made the Marlins cool, which is which was not a thing they were. Uh which is which is a big success, you know, how that translates when it comes to attendance and you know, franchise I, success, whatever we'll yeah. see, but 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 they've definitely they've nailed the branding. There's no they've doubt. got some players, guys. They got. Yeah, they I mean, you know, you got Chisholm. You know, he got some. He's got Alcantara. He got some. He's got some pitching down there. So uh, you know, we just have to wait and see and keep building. But man, 
Like, like you said, the culture that they building down there and like the, the cool factor that they building down there in Miami is, is, is super dope right now. The, the, the vibe is dope down there around the Marlins. But, and by the way, I cannot wait for this cheater documentary. Oh, it's just going to be crazy. Wait. It's going to yeah. be great. The fact yeah, I, that like he's on board doing it and that it's yeah. six parts, it's going to be incredible. Like for me, you know, growing up in this area, I think I've told you this before, but we I used to say WWJD, what would Jeter do? Like he was <laughs> our he he was our compass and and our conscious. And he wasn't just the dude who you rooted for on TV, but you really looked at him as as infallible. I mean, it's crazy to say, but I'm you know telling you, you know really did look at him like a superhero. As a player playing against him, you never liked him. Interesting. Never liked him. Always thought he was overrated. Never understood all these different things about Derek Jeter, blah, blah, blah. Then I walk into the clubhouse and I was like, oh, I get it. The very first day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, but as a as a player playing against him, you don't respect him and you don't you don't understand what he is um to a franchise, to this franchise, to that franchise in the Bronx and, and how big of a role he played in and who he actually is. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you don't get it, cuz when you play against him until you actually be his teammate. I can only imagine. He He's the kind of guy you, who I always just think is you watch him every day, right? And then you get more and more appreciation for how great he is. And I remember, like, even being in the booth and Kay and Cohn doing games when I was doing stats. And, and it was like Jeter was in the midst of I don't know what he was doing. But, like, it was just a stretch where it's like every day he's getting two or three hits. And Kay just, like, turning to Cohn and being, like, in in the commercial break, like, Derek Jeter's an amazing player, and and I'm, and it was exactly how I was feeling, so it always sits with me. Like, you watch him, and it's just like, yeah, like, he's just, he's, you can't help no, but say it out loud when you watch him every day. Like, he was an incredible baseball player, just like, day in, day out, yeah, just always and, getting hits. And, and he was always going to come through. Like, it was, yeah. it was like a... If you if you fucking made his career a movie, I would never watch it because it's a fucking nobody would ever believe that shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just too perfect the way it played out. So like, but if but you made it a six part documentary, but then people I'd watch it. no, but that's why people are gonna watch this because people don't know like all the hard work and everything you put in behind it and all the sacrifice yeah. and all the like everything, all the different shit that I know about him that I you know I want people to understand about him and I think. That MJ doing the doc and revealing himself and and yeah. you know telling his whole truth, I think you know hopefully inspired Jeet to do the same thing. And man, that's like he's he's such a cool big brother and, and such a great <laughs> guy to have in your corner. So I want people to celebrate him, man. That's the same thing what I was saying when he retired. Yeah. You got to tell people because people yeah, got to yeah. people got to come out to see you, man. So I'm just so excited <laughs> that he's doing this doc and you know he's gonna tell his story. It's awesome. Me too. I'm sure, however, they address the A-Rod relationship is going to be interesting, too. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's going to be fun. All, all the levels of it, all the layers of it. The good, the bad, the in-between. <laughs> I'm sure it'll have its own episode. It, it, it's it's going it's to be, uh, be awesome. I, I can't wait. I literally can't wait. So ESPN is doing that, that doc, and I cannot wait for it. Is that on ESPN? Yeah, ESPN's oh, okay. doing it. Yep, yep. Um, and, and and shout out to Mandalay Sports uh, Media Production Company, who's partnering with ESPN on it. They did The Last Dance, and they are run uh, by my good family friend, Mike Tolan, uh, who, uh, who's been a, a giant in producing for a very I, long time. I, I'm really excited about this doc, because I, 
you know, I'm not, I hate to say this, but I didn't really enjoy his HBO doc. The, you know what the, I'm saying? The uh, 3,000 hits? Mm-mm. See, I did. but I, I but didn't I, because I you're a Jeter fan. Like, yes, I know yes, Derek, yes. and it was, it was like closed off. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I was like, eh. Nah, cause you gotta show it. You gotta show him everything. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, do you think I'm, he's gonna with this? I think he is. Okay, I, 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 I haven't talked to him about it, but I think he is. Do you think we gotta get him back on? See, we gotta. He's get not him coming back, back on. on here, bro. You don't think so? Mm-mm. I talk too reckless, so I'll be saying like wild shit. He's an owner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, I know, I know. When he but came on if, the first time, he wasn't an owner. Yeah, that's true. He's an owner and now, you, and you weren't talking as reckless yet. Yes, I was. <laughs> yes, you were. Yes, you I were. was the same. <laughs> but now but, he's the owner, cause he yeah, ain't coming back on this uh, podcast. Man, I would love it if he did. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll maybe I'll send an email to his you Miami know what I wanna, corporate I, I, account. I, I, I want to get him uh, to play in my softball game next year. So if I can get oh. him to play in the softball game, then yeah. we can get him on the pod. You know what I'm that saying? That would be amazing. That would be amazing so, in 2022. Yeah, I'm trying to get him to play yeah. softball game. Um, this one is uh, a good question. Richie Riccardi uh, says, what's the pitch sequence CC uses to get Otani out if he's facing him this year? Two seamer in, two seamer in, slider away. Ooh, all right. Nice. You think you get him? Absolutely. He's a lefty. <laughs> I love him. I love him. Yeah. He's my favorite yeah. player on this planet. I don't think there's yeah. another baseball player better than him ever, but I definitely would get his ass out. Yeah. All right. I like it, man. <laughs> uh, by the way, your your best player I've ever seen comments from uh spring training of 2020. They're they're playing very oh, they're playing very well right now. Very well. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's ridiculous. People get it, so mad. People it, get so it, mad because I, I like to troll people on that on the MLB page, especially when Otani does anything. I'm the yeah. first person to comment on there. People get so mad. But oh, that guy man. is, he is the best baseball player ever, cuz. Yeah. I, and like, and not for nothing, like, Babe Ruth did it in, of so, so long ago and at a time when the league wasn't on the even playing field. So, like, the fact that Otani's doing it at, at a time when the baseball is as is, is good as it's ever been, um, yeah, I mean, this guy's amazing. He is ridiculous. He is absolutely ridiculous. All right, take Two more questions here real quick uh, from Twitter. See, this one was, is from uh, Douglas Bubble Trousers. <laughs> <He's>, he says... <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, he, it is. That says, is pretty what's, our, what's our Brooklyn Nets playoff prediction? Man, I think, I think Brooklyn stays healthy. If they stay healthy, I think they win it. I do. That's I think, how I feel. And... I, and, and um, you know, like like you said, I mean, you know, obviously Milwaukee's going to be a tough series, um, but I think they're better than Milwaukee. I think they're better than the 76ers. Um, and I ultimately think they're better than the Lakers, too, if they get them in the finals. So I don't think there's any team in the in the, in the West that could beat them. Um, I, I think it would have to be, you know, maybe a Milwaukee in the second round or something like that that, like, knocked them off. But if that doesn't happen I, and they stay healthy, I, I see them winning the championship. I believe if they are healthy, they will win the title as well. Uh, I do, um, and uh, that'll make for a make for a really fun couple of months here on the pod. And we'll do different reaction pods to big games throughout the NBA playoffs. Yeah, as we well. got to do the playoff. We got to do playoff yeah. reaction pods for sure. Hell like. yeah, man! Especially like Knicks and Nets playing big playoff games, or if we get a big 
Laker, any big NBA playoff game. Like, yes, we we, we will be doing some reaction pods. Um, this question from David Futterneck, uh, who is a um, an actor, uh, and uh, he, he said to me, who's the best TV director in the biz and why is it Danny Barr? So I'm guessing he knows Dan Barr, who's our Yankees director and was our next director, <laughs> who, is, who is an amazing director. He is an amazing director. I work with a lot of great directors, John Moore, Jim Moore, Dan Barr, John Purcell, Mike Cooney. I have uh, Jeff Evers. I got a, I got a bunch of great, uh, great directors. I know I'm forgetting names too. Um, Ken Dennis. Oh my gosh, Ken Dennis is an unbelievable director for ESPN uh, at basketball. Uh, and he said, "Cece, what is your favorite start of your career?" You know, I think my favorite start is um, the last start that I threw hard, which is uh, that that 2012. Um, AODS uh, against um, Baltimore. Yep, yep. That the last one, game at the, home. The the game five. Yeah, that was one of my uh, favorite starts. And if you look at that game, like Jeep made an un- unbelievable play in the eighth inning in that game because it yeah. was two outs, runners on second and third, and and JJ Hardy hit a chopper that could have easily scored a run, and Jeep comes in and makes the play. Like it was just. Like and those are the things that you take you take for granted when you're playing with Jeter. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and that's why. People don't understand his greatness until, and I see little things like in the start that I'm watching and, and a play that he'll make that changes the trajectory of a game. And people don't really give him credit for little things like that. But I think, yeah, I think that was probably my favorite start. Um, uh, that one, the Milwaukee one uh, against the Cubs in 08, the last game of the season, um, are probably my favorite too, yeah. I always remember from the start in 2012 because I was the scoreboard host then uh, for Yankee Stadium and Amber. Well, first of all, I remember you when you uh, ended the game. I think you, you ended the – it was a complete game. And did you end with a strikeout in the ninth? I don't know Maybe if, uh, I, I think, it was a ground remember, ball or something. Okay, but I remember you on the mound like fired up and the team yeah. like mobbing you, you know. But um, I remember Amber tweeting out, there's a beast loose in the Bronx right now. And I, I always remember her tweet from that moment because I was just like, yeah. Because that we, the, the Yankees just rode you in that series too. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember that, that very first start in Baltimore because we had played in Baltimore a lot. And I think that was the first year that they had made the playoffs. And, uh, and I, re- I remember going out for the start in Baltimore. I had always been comfortable pitching there. Like, Oh, I'm about mm-hmm. to go pitch in Baltimore. It's the playoffs. This is a perfect place for me to start. Like, this is awesome. And I get out there, and it's nothing but Orioles fans. And I was like, <laughs> where are the Yankee fans at? Like, I'm used to all the Yankee fans. Yeah, yeah. I get out to the bullpen, and they, they they are going at me. And this is something I've never been used to in, in, in Camden yeah. Yards. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I was like, all right, I'm going to shut you motherfuckers up today. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have y'all never come back to this fucking park today, <laughs> tonight. So I think I went eight I think I think went eight that night, and then we ended up in game five, and I went to complete game uh, yeah. at Yankee Stadium. And did you throw, I think, because you threw game two, right, in Camden Yards, and then you threw on three days I think rest? I, yeah, I think I threw five? game two, because that was well, the year that, th- that we went two at um, well, Camden, and then we had three at home, remember? Yeah, you know what? Actually, the playoffs see, were all you- fucked up. You, you may not have gone in game two. You might have gone in game one, but it was game still one. three days rest. It was yeah. still three days rest because uh, I think you guys might have played five straight days. It was weird. Day. The playoffs was weird that yeah. year because it was two and then three. 
Yeah. Two at home, two on the road, and three at home. Yeah. yeah, you pitched game one, and you went eight and two thirds. Um, and remember, Russell Martin hit a big home run late in that game. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you pitched game five on, uh, three on three days rest. Wait, no, let me see. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. No, okay, normal rest. Oh, regular but rest. Pitch, yeah, but you could pitch game five and threw uh, the complete game, one run, four hits, nine strikeouts. Cause and you guys, mem- and you guys uh, won three to one. Memorial Day, two thousand twelve. I have a barbecue over here in my house, and and Gardy came over. I can't remember who else came over. It was a bunch of teammates. We came over. We had the kids in the backyard, and I remember I woke up that morning, and Gardy had just got to my house. I woke up that morning, and I couldn't straighten my arm out. And Whoa. And, I, and when I straightened it out, it was like my my elbow was hanging like down here. It was fucking. Gross! It was all swollen and nasty, and Guardy was like, "Damn, cuz what happened to you?" I was like, I, "I woke up like that. I had bone chips in my elbow from Memorial Day until fucking I pitched in in, in uh, Detroit. It was horrible. You I would you pitch, pitch the whole cause. rest of the season with Listen, that. Listen, I would pitch cuz, and we would spend four days just trying to get it straight, and then we would get it straight enough for me to pitch again, and it would be like this, and like it was fucking." Terrible. Oh my God. I tell you, I was in so much fucking pain. I was in so much fucking pain that Ugh. year. And like, I went into that offseason. I had the bone chips. I had the uh, the elbow surgery. We took the yeah. chips out. And then that that uh, December, I messed up my toe. And I had a sesamoid uh, bone taken out of my foot. So I had the elbow surgery and I had the toe surgery. And then my velocity was gone. I showed up to spring training the next year and I was... 88, we, 85, 88, it was... W- that was where the velocity went. That's when it happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. But I wa- it was crazy, Memorial man. Memorial Day 2012. It was when, like, the, everything changed. Wow. That's a, I never knew that, man. That's amazing. Yeah. And not amazing in a great way, obviously, but amazing in a fascinating it, way. It worked That's, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, worked, it worked out. It all worked out. It all ended up all right. All right, you guys, great participation. Outstanding questions on social media. We left some on the table that were great, but maybe we'll get to them next episode. Uh, I think we're going to try and do a double episode week next week as well. But you guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. Make sure you're following us on Spotify or subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, tell everybody you know. I mean, everybody. Let them know about R2C2. Before we get out of here, of course, a massive shout-out to our acclaimed and excellent producers Sadie Zillow and Bobby Wagner who just crush life every single episode and we love them. Peace.